Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a virtual horse 1d6 cyber damage at a time. Folks, I've got terrible news for you. It seems the war for virtual reality has begun, so it's time to draw your battle lines. Will you simply close your eyes and walk away, or will you engage in the war for all 90s-style computers? It's the Lawnmower Man role-playing game, as we keep it on theme for an exciting week of System Mastery-branded content. So let's get started in this <laughs> entirely too technical game right here on System Mastery. Hey, welcome to System Mastery. It's me, your host, Jeff, the guy who does this show with the other guy, John, who's over there. Yep. Yep, that's us. Yep. And I am once again remembering I need to take my headphones off. Yep. It really screws up my flow for some reason to have uh -huh. them on. I don't know what that is. Uh-huh. Maybe it makes me too loud. I don't know. I don't know. Something, but it's not good, so I'm taking them off. That's good. How you doing? <laughs> Well, I'm genuinely curious. We always start with the how you doings type stuff. We always start. Yeah, with I, it. people got to know. People need to know. What how if I'm you doing? died between the episodes? Well, then they they would need to know that I was doing uh, poorly. Yeah, no, I had a I have an ear infection. I think. Oh, well, that's not My ears good. all fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it infected, or did you just hit it really hard with like a big rock or something? Did you try and put a pencil in there? Yeah, no. Uh, Killer Croc almost got me. <laughs> Because, you know, I hear my ears fucked up, and I'm like, well, yeah, Rocky Balboa's ears are pretty fucked up, but I don't think he's got an infection. I think he's just get punched, gets punched a lot. Yeah, that's why I didn't say my ears are all fucked up. I said, I got an ear infection. Ah, I think that when we wind back the tape, because, of course, we record this show on reel-to-reel -reel tape. Yes. That's uh, a document. We do it analog, old-school style here. That's right. Mm -hmm. We have uh -huh. a booth. There's two guys over there in the booth. Well, ever since we watched Lawnmower Man, we don't trust computers anymore. <laughs> Absolutely not. What if the Cyber Job gets me? Ah, the Cyber Job. <laughs> I mean, he mostly just wants to escape and make all the phones ring, as far as I can tell. But As far as I can he, tell. He might get us. He's mostly in VR, so as long as we don't care about that. <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> you got Cyber Jobed? Just close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like, just walk away. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we decided to make it a Lawnmower Man week. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have any video game review shows, or else we could also do a uh, Lawnmower Man video game, because there were several. Yeah, well. But, you know, we don't have that show, so sorry. You'll we don't do that. You'll have to imagine that we did one of those. Imagine we put out yet another show. Yeah. Is there a Lawnmower Man board game that we also can't do? No. God, I wish there was. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, so glad to hear you're doing well. And uh, I yeah, am even though I did not say that at all. Oh, that's right. You just said that you're uh, you're poorly and you have an ear infection. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm glad I wasn't listening to you anyway. So I was listening. Me. It's just that you're supposed to say you're doing fine. That's the social contract. <laughs> yeah, it's not my fault. You're going off script. Look, you said you wanted to know how I was doing. Now you're going to find out. I don't want to know how you're doing. The people want to know how you're doing, and they want you to be doing fine. <laughs> That's what the people want. The people want the blandest, mm -hmm. most banal content possible. Yeah, they want to hear you go, I'm fine. How are you? They want me to just be okay, but I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad as hell. <laughs> Hey, let me ask you this. Are you going to take it anymore? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to roll over like a <laughs> like a dog and let him rub my belly. So uh, if you're not doing fine, then 
How you doing? How dare you? <laughs> what? What did I do? How dare you? <laughs> Easily. And by the way, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I don't care. That's why I didn't ask. <laughs> the people. Think <laughs> of the people. I'm thinking of the people. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so lawnmower man. Lawnmower man. Uh, what I did not expect, and we got this as a gift from a listener a long time ago, and it, it it's awesome because not only did we get the book, but it came with all the miniatures ever made for this game. Yeah. Uh, which is a really interesting set of miniatures. Uh, if you like the movies a great deal, not so much if you want to use them for this book. Yeah, there's a part of the book where they're like, hey, if you want to do this like hex grid style combat with minis, you can do that. And the game put out two boxes of minis, but it's just all the characters from the movies. Yeah. And none of the characters from the movies are part of this game. Yeah, I mean, Cyber Job fundamentally is part of this game. Yeah, but, but he's... Cyber Job isn't a figure. No, he's in there. No, there's Job, there's Job in... in his suit. Oh, I guess that's the closest thing you're going to get to Cyber Job, yeah. Cyber Job, where he's all looking like a, a like Andross, and he's menacing Star Fox, and he, yeah. the big brown poop Andross, just like, hey, let me out from the end of the movie. Yeah, no, we don't, we don't have... Uh... <laughs> Cyber Job, who looks like he's coming straight out of the corn area. Yeah, but, but uh, Lord knows that means I've got a bunch of miniatures of of such exciting characters as Dr. Lawrence Angelo, uh, the chimp Carla. from the, the first two minutes of the movie, Roscoe 1138, yeah. Marnie, you name it, Hell yeah. Tim's. A fucking lawnmower, the titular lawnmower. Yeah, Big Red, the lawnmower from the film. Yeah, you know, from the film, the lawnmower, comma, man. <laughs> I'm the title lawnmower, man. I'm played by Jeff Fahey. <laughs> a lot uh, of prosthetics. You'd think it's Jared Leto in there. I mean, there is that one scene where he mows a dude's mind and he is a lawnmower himself. <laughs> that is true. He opens up his mouth to reveal a lawnmower within. Uh, and don't we all have a lawnmower within? Yeah. If anyone is confused as to what the fuck we're talking about, uh, go listen to the movie mastery episode we just did on the lawnmower man movie. Yes. Which I thought would be a good idea to watch before we reviewed this. Largely because the book, even though it doesn't look all that imposing, it's pretty small, it's leading edge games. Which you uh, might know as Phoenix Command or Living Steel, which we have reviewed. Yes, uh, and they have a house style. And that house style is... is early 90s. <laughs> it's not just early 90s. They kind of set the standard for too many charts and, you know, realism, but only when it covers it comes to bullets. Yeah, well... They kind of have a, a thing where, like, you, Venus Command is famous for it, where there's all these things for, like, wind speed indicators and gravity that you have to measure when you fire it, a gun at someone to see where the bullet actually hits them. Yeah, God, I am, I have to say, very pleased that although this game is just an absolute mess of charts and dumb garbage, it at least is not as, like, serious about its stuff as it could be. Mm -hmm. Like... You know, at least the fact that it's a lawnmower man RPG, they were like, well, we're still going to make it so that there's giant charts that you'll always have to reference for everything, but you don't have to worry about, like, what the wind is and shit like that. Yeah, it's not that bad. Uh, they mentioned at the beginning of the book that this book is using the exact same engine and compatible with all the other movie licenses that they have purchased and made role-playing games out of. And I don't know what any of those are. No, man, they have a, a part in there where they say how to make this in Phoenix Command and Living Steel. Oh, okay, that's fair. But there is a section towards the very beginning that's like, hey, this uses the same rules as any other 
movie license game that we have purchased in the past. So if you want to mix this in with whatever other movie we purchased and then promptly ignored to do our own thing, you totally can. Great. <laughs> I'm guessing it's just more like early 90s stuff. Eh. Maybe they got like a Stand By Me in there. A home right. al- Maybe they bought the Home Alone license. Yeah, they've got the My Girl RPG. <laughs> It's all Macaulay Culkin stuff. They Three, bought. They got Uncle Buck. Three thousand bees <laughs> in New York City, uh, New Jersey. How many bullets can this one giant pancake absorb? Well, let let's, me tell you. Let's find out. Its glance rating is plus twelve. <laughs> uh, so the game starts by letting us know that you will play as a character and his three support characters. Yeah. They allow for, if they're like, oh, you can, if you want to, just make your group of role players be the one team that you have. Yes. But the idea is that every player is their own team. Their own thing. So you have one primary character and then three supporting characters, and it's like, yeah, I've got my own research team or my own combat team or whatever it is. Yeah. And then you kind of like group up with the other people occasionally Mm -hmm. and this is referenced directly in the movie the lawnmower man where no it isn't that there's nothing like that anywhere in the lawnmower man no one leads a team no (laughs) it's one rogue scientist training one weird dude to become one supervillain. yeah (laughs) the movie didn't have the budget for teams we ain't got team budget this this doesn't have regular dudes who appear on teams type of money they ain't got ving rames money Guy's on lots of teams. He's on a lot of teams. He's like Wolverine, but in real life. Yeah. Or real life of cinema. He's, he's <laughs> the, the real Wolverine life of, of fake life. <laughs> where Wolverine, of course, is famously real. Yeah. He's like the Wolverine of second where, life. Where the Wolverine is famously real mm-hmm. and a man. <laughs> and a Wolverine. <laughs> and real. Yes. And my friend. <laughs> so, so first you make a team. Now, stats in this game are ostensibly 3d6 down the line yeah. for a set of stats which are strength intelligence will health and agility and then there's four secondaries that derive from that now you roll 3d6 twice take the best for each stat yes or and this is one of my favorite early things in the game you can do that roll 3d6 twice take highest for each of the five stats or you can take the non-random method the uh the building method there there are two methods and they're called building and random. Yep. Uh, random, we just told you. Building is, uh, you get a set of points, I believe it's 54, plus the sum of four dice. Yep. You get 46 so, plus uh, so a the, sum. So the the building method is really the less random method. Yeah. Where they're still random, but it's less random. Although, I gotta tell you, there's... <laughs> it's It's interesting to me because you'd think... Like, oh, you should probably do the building method, but man, both of them are so ridiculously swingy, and a couple of the stats are so important Yes, that you almost have to go into the building method just because you're like, your intelligence in this game counts for so much. Yeah, if you don't have intelligence, you're never going to, because the game uses random roles for skill get. Like, if you want to get a skill in it, you, you always have to roll your, like, learning plus intelligence. and uh, It's uh, intelligence plus motivation. It gives you your motivation. learning role. Thank you. The learning role is made out of intelligence plus motivation. I apologize. John's had the book for the past couple of days. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have any intelligence to help build that, that stat, you're never going to get any skills. Intelligence also uh, 
gives you how many actions per round you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really governs a lot of very important features in this game. Yeah. And if you happen to be like, I rolled 3d6 twice and fucked it up on both, you're like, well, this character is pointless. Yeah, I mean, technically any stat between 3 and 12 is listed as equal, as in like, it doesn't really matter what you roll in there. But that's not true. It just means it's bad. (laughs) Because the charts are like, uh, if you got generally most things between 7 and 12 or 7 and 13 don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. But below 7, you just start getting penalized a lot. Yes. And honestly, just having a low number for your learning role means you suck and will continue to suck. Which is really weird when you think when you consider the material that we're reading right now, isn't it? Right? We're like, yeah, like oh, you're going to be start... real limited if you aren't smart to begin with. If you don't start super smart, you might as well not play this lawnmower man game. <laughs> Uh, the, well, what about the whole, like, you can use VR to aug- like the, literally the thing that happens in the movie, like where you, uh, you can use VR augmentation to become smart, even if your character isn't smart in the first place. Uh, well, it uses the learning role, so you'll never make it. <laughs> yeah. The, the fact that, you know what, I'll get into it when we get further into the skills in the system. Uh, the secondary characteristics the motivation and will and charisma all, uh, leadership charisma perception. leadership yeah yeah uh, all that is just straight 3d6 mm-hmm. but you get before you roll those stats you roll 1d6 as a floating number that you can add on mm-hmm. uh however you see fit to your various stats yep so if you roll a four you could put you know two twos and something and so on yeah uh but again, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, but if I rolled a one for that and then I just rolled shitty for motivation, well, fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> again, motivation is part of that stupid learning role, which uh, it's funny to me that this game is so, uh, you know, an attempt at realistic. And yet the only way to get any skill at all is to roll low. And the game does the thing. This thing I hate. We've talked about this thing I hate before, where they keep putting in examples in, in gameplay of character design, and everyone keeps rolling fire all the time, because that's a lot easier than fixing the fucking broken-ass game. Yeah. they're like, this character has a 19% chance to learn anything. Anyway, he rolls a 6. This is on percentile. He rolls a 6, a 3, a 17, an 8, and a 14. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you. No, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. The, the way the learning in this works Mm -hmm. is so you take your intelligence and motivation, which is going to be, you know, anywhere from like six to what? 36, Uh, 36. 36, Yeah. And whenever you go to learn something, you don't know. Mm -hmm. So you have no training in it. Uh, you roll on your learning roll. If you succeed, then you are certified. If you fail, then you're still a novice. You go up to, level one so at least at the beginning if you're just trying to get a skill you can't completely fail out of getting the skill at all yeah but from uh, that point forward you can just fail to ever get better yes and i believe with starting skills you get two learning roles and if you get if you succeed at one of the two you go to certified and if you can succeed at both you go to like professional no (laughs) maybe it's not all of them though no there's so when you're doing the skills, uh, you get a, you roll your background. Uh, background is going to be, you know, you might get something like your military, so mm-hmm. you were special forces, or you're a police detective, or you might end up being just like 
a student or a professor or maybe even a VR researcher because this game's about VR. Yeah, there's two VR classes. You could be a VR scientist or you could be a VR test subject. Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple that are like jobs that you have after other jobs. They're like, if you roll really high on this one chart, you can be like, well, I'm a private investigator now, which means I get all these private investigator skills. Plus, this is my second life. So I have a whole other job I get to roll on and check to see if I have those skills, too. Yeah. So private investigator and mercenary are the ones where you get to roll twice. Yeah. And also just roll then, twice. Yes. And then there's the, <laughs> the I rolled the 99. Yeah. Because this game goes zero to 99 or zero to nine on its D10s mm-hmm. instead of one to 10. But if you roll 99, then you get to roll twice and get all of the skills from both jobs you pick, mm-hmm. which is nonsense. Yeah. Because the mercenary and the private investigator give you, like, three extra skills. It's like, ah, oh, you get one more chance to learn something from weapons. Yeah. You get one more chance to learn something from military. You're like, okay, that's fine. It's just a little bit extra. Yeah. But the roll twice is like, oh, I get two full characters worth of skills. On my one character. It's a real shame I rolled that terrible intelligence and motivation. Yeah. <laughs> my character's been a police officer and a VR researcher, and he's terrible at both. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the ability to do stuff in there uh like i mentioned when you're rolling for a skill you either uh if you're going from untrained which nobody starts with anything trained yes so you roll and if you succeed great you get it certified otherwise you're a novice because there's a bunch of levels that go from novice up to grandmaster yeah there's five ranks for every skill it's like novice uh, certified professional expert master, master grandmaster. grandmaster yeah and if you, uh, for any of the various ones, they'll usually come with a single thing mm-hmm. that you have at a better version. So it'll be like, oh, you can pick one skill from a category and you roll and instead of being novice or certified, you'll be professional or expert. Yes. Yes. So uh, for example, or certified professional. Yeah. If you roll super, super low or uh, Early on, get like a seven on your roll for what your skill chart is. You're going to be mechanized infantry, yep. which makes it sound like you're playing fucking Starship Troopers and not, again, Lawnmower Man. But we'll get into why that is in a bit. Um, and in that case, you get three personal combat skills plus one personal combat skill that you have a chance to have at professional or expert. Do you actually have it at professional or expert? No, you just get more rolls to see if you learn it at all. Well, no, you just get to roll and either get it at professional or expert, or expert like you right, would yeah, have... Yeah. With the novice or certified. Yes. Yeah. Now, the problem with a lot of things for this is when you want to level up any of your skills, like, you know, Jeff was saying you get three combat skills plus one is either professional or expert. You're like, all right, one thing I am good at. The rest of them, if I fail my initial roll, I'm going to start at novice. Mm-hmm. And then I have to spend extra skill rolls like, if I re- use one of my three and I go, oh, I'm, I'm a novice, all right, I'll use the second one to try and raise that up. No, I failed. Nothing happens. I get nothing. I wasted that roll. Okay, I'll try it again. Failed again. Fuck you. You get nothing. Good day, sir. And keep in mind that the chance we're talking at, about right now tops out if you, uh, if you happen to roll 18s in both your intelligence and your motivation, tops out at 36%. Yeah. Most likely, you're going to be around... 20 to 24 yeah somewhere in there where three chances is still a pretty solid shot of nothing yeah 
So it's very easy to, in this game, just be like, all right, I make a character, and if I'm not in one of the categories where I auto-get something good, you'll be like, uh, I guess I have two skills at novice, and I lucked into one at certified. Yeah. Great. I'm kind of garbage at most things. Now, uh, to be fair, like the mechanized infantry class, we were only talking about they get three combat skills plus one at professional or expert, but then they also get five survival and recon skill roles, two espionage and law skill roles, three military equipment skill roles, and then uh, no- uh, nothing in special training, nothing in science, nothing in virtual reality, and four in jobs and hobbies. Yeah. Note that jobbies. virtual reality is like one entry by itself, but personal combat survival and recon military equipment and special training are all their own categories yep they really decide that this game based on a southern gothic sweat ass sexy horror movie is going to be about the military well yes because they've decided to go with you're probably going to be fighting against either cyber job's various cyber cultists Mm -hmm. or the department like the shop from the movie yeah vsi in the shop you're going to be fighting against their government assholes. Yeah, so theoretically what this really is is more of a role-playing game based on a imagined sequel to, yes. to, uh, to This takes place Lawnmower after Lawnmower Man. Now, notably, it does not take into account, of course it didn't because the game came out in 1992, the actual sequel to Lawnmower Man. Which, which is, also did not take into account the movie The Lawnmower no, Man. No, <laughs> not especially. Um, the, the sequel to Lawnmower Man feels like it's very much a reset more than a, than a continuation. Yes. Like, it starts with them finding Job alive on the street, and it's played by Matt Furrer now, but it's like, I'm out of the internet, but I might have to go back in as you know part of the my, horror of this. You know how my body deflated and my head fell off? Don't worry, that didn't happen. <laughs> well, it did, but when I got a new body, it was Matt Frewer. <laughs> I jumped into Matt Frewer's body. I just quantum leaped my way into Matt Frewer. He's very susceptible to having virtual reality guys get into him ever since the Max Headroom series. So, uh, so yes, the skills in this are those levels, and the levels mean that you get a bonus or a penalty depending on your rating. So if you are untrained in a skill... Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're trying to do something, the normal skill roll is a 3d6 roll under. It's an old Gerpsian 3d6 roll under. And if you have, like, untrained, you're minus eight to your target number, mm-hmm. so you're just probably going to fucking fail. Yeah. Uh, even getting to certified, two levels in, past novice. Minus four. Yeah, novice is minus four, certified is just zero. Yeah. You have to get to professional before you start getting any sort of bonus and going from certified to professional or professional to expert you have to roll twice and succeed in both yeah when you go to get them and if you're wondering well does that mean that your stats can get way up above 18 to uh accommodate the fact that you need to eventually beat having like a 33 percent chance of succeeding and thus a one in nine chance of getting a skill roll every time you spend your skill rolls to try and upgrade a skill uh technically yes you can raise your mental stats through extremely complicated vr training regimens that you can go through but you won't be able to do them because they'll require you to have high level rankings and vr skills and also you'll have to make a bunch of learning rolls for those to work too and also, you're just not going to have those. No, they're they're high end. You got to steal them. Uh, you, you'll fail to use them when you try. And even if you succeed in using them, that just gives you skill rolls to fail at to learn the skills. Yeah, the 
it's interesting because they have this whole, there's an entire chapter on VR. Yeah. And there's a huge thing on like, oh, you can learn all of these different things. Like if you want to just get learning chances, Mm -hmm. you get them much faster. So you're like, oh, I spent, you know, four hours in VR and I get a learning chance. And normally this would take like months of school in order to get a learning chance like this. Yeah. So it's way faster. But it's still not entirely likely. Mm-hmm. Is it- but they have two different ways to do it. And one of them is specifically Dr. Angelo's programs, which is their one nod to uh, the films existed. The film, the film existed, yes. Which is just that you have to be a low learning role in order to succeed at it. Because mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, uh, you know how it was stupid that this whole game is based on learning roles, and if you're not good at learning, you can't do the thing. Yeah. If you manage to find the reclusive Dr. Angelo, one person has these programs, and he can use them. <laughs> he can make you smart if you happen to roll low intelligence. Great. <laughs> what a weird idea. I mean, I see you see that sometimes in D&D adventures, where they're like, uh, your party's going to meet insurmountable odds, but don't worry, Elminster shows up and clowns everybody and then makes fun of the party and then fucks off. <laughs> uh, but this one's more like Dr. Angelo's out there in the world somewhere. He's one NPC on a planet with billions of people. Go find him, I guess, if you... Because also, the game isn't about him. No, no, it's not. It's barely even about Job. <laughs> I mean... Job's so I, the big bad guy. Yeah, he's one of the two main antagonists that you will face... Well, not really him yeah, so much as his dudes. No. no. But he, at least he's part of it. Yeah. Dr. Angelo is just off in the world being like, well, I created the best way to teach people things and you'll never hear from me again. Well, he, he's really worried that I, I think he's specifically worried that if he goes public that the shop will pick him up and like force him into service again. So he's got a good reason to be hiding. Yeah. But that also means... It's very unlikely that your group of chuds are going to find this guy. Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's a weird idea as opposed to being like, well, why don't we take the premise of the film and make that the baseline? Make that, utilize that. exception. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't need to be the baseline. I don't think the part of the game needs to be about playing as a group of like, you know, simple tortured gardeners living in state or church cottages. (laughs) Every one of you is obsessed with lawnmowers until the... uh, the brief mowers shining and moment, and mowers and hedgers and clippers and hedgers, <laughs> where you're obsessed with cowboys for a couple of days. <laughs> That's right about then you'll throw away your comic books and become a warrior. Uh it's just yeah, it's a very it's very weird. And then meanwhile, the book consistently reinforces that yes, this is the lawnmower man because there's these big third page art or uh, just stills from the movie that have captions that tell you what's happening at that point in the movie, which, believe me, as someone who read the book before seeing the movie, they're very confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, if you picked up the Lawnmower Man RPG and had not watched the Lawnmower Man yet, that does feel like you would be confused. One thing, I'm fairly certain, in fact, 100% certain, these are based on the theatrical release and not not the uh, director's cut, because there's some harsh language here that appears to have been omitted from the director's cut. Yes. uh, Um, This came out in 93, a year after the movie came out. So uh, what we're seeing here is uh, the the character of Jake in some of the still images in this one, the the mean gas station attendant, who in the movie is mean, but kind of soulful a little bit, like the director's cut. Uh, 
and in the apparently in the theatrical cut went full R word on uh oh yeah on, just a real uh, piece of shit just Job on multiple occasions and also made fun of and referenced specific comic book characters yes which they, never gets mentioned in the in the director's cut yeah the theatrical release had like Job meet Roscoe at one point. And he is into Cybo Man, mm-hmm. and so he mistakes the monkey for Cybo Man. Mm-hmm. There's this whole fucking thing that they just decided was real useless and got rid of in the director's cut. Yeah, which I'm inclined to agree with because none of that ape footage looked good. No. I can't imagine actually seeing him head on. Please note, I said ape correctly. John doesn't need any emails about how chimps aren't monkeys. Meh. Or maybe he needs a bunch of them. I don't know. One of those. Meh. <laughs> All monkeys are apes and apes are monkeys, and I don't care. No, no, wrong. Seals and sea lions are interchangeable. Fuck Ah, you. No. no. (laughs) That's right. I will destroy everything. All they share is an order. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes, an order of fries, which they love. Probably true. Probably. I mean, they're obligate carnivores, but still, they probably aren't going to turn down fries, especially. I mean, no one's going to turn down some nice, crispy fries. Uh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, I just wanted to mention the, the, uh, the stills in the book because they, to me, they just added to the confusion. Yeah. So, because a lot of the time they'll have nothing to do with what's happening. Cause the well, book, no, they go in movie yeah, order, they go in movie order and sometimes they line up. Like there's parts in the, in the skill section where we'll be like, this is the seduction of Marnie. Right. As you're learning about like what your personality skill score does or whatever. Uh, but then later it'll it'll just lose track because it'll be this book is ultimately a lot about military intelligence gathering, which is very little of in the film. Yes. So there'll be these pictures of a priest being like set on f- digital fire. Digital and, fire. And, and then that page will be like, on the third day, you may attempt to gather intelligence as to the whereabouts of Dr. Watson, who might have escaped. And you're like, these things have nothing. Did they just put these stills in here because they had the license? Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, what else do we want to talk about? So, uh, let's see. Well, oh, 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 the, you, we were talking earlier about how it's a 3d6 roll under, and we talked about how, uh, the rank that you have in the individual skill will affect a, uh, a benefit, like a bonus or penalty to that, that skill. Uh-huh. There is also a target number and the target number is a, uh, a variable based on the difficulty of the, of the task as perceived by the, uh, the game runner. So I believe average is 11. So, so roughly a 50, 50 chance. Yeah. The... <laughs> The way that this works, I know we've talked a lot about, you know, we've been doing this show for almost 10 years now. Let's mm-hmm. let's be honest. We've talked about a lot of bad games. <laughs> and there's <laughs> there is a a point where an elegance of game design is appreciated and it is not here because no. the the way that they make the difficulty face means that there is never for the player a set number that you know that you then can be like told oh you're going to have to give a plus or a minus to yeah instead you just sit there and look at your sheet and you're like all right i got a minus 4 i guess and then you're going to be told like all right for this one you're looking for a 12 and you're like all right so i got to do and eight. All right. You never really get a good grasp on how good you are at something because you just get told random target numbers. And I just looked it up. Average difficulty is a 10, which means that, again, we're talking a game where the average chance of success is like 47 to 49 percent. 
if you are highly competent in the thing you are attempting to accomplish and the difficulty of that thing is average, you will fail on average. Well, it's hit or under. So 10 or less. Yeah. 10 being the average of 3d6. 10 and so, a half is the average on 3d6. No, it's just 10. It's 10 and a half. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. I'm pointing at you harder. Ooh. Both fingers. Oh, I got a toe in oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm throwing the horns, baby. Two months, Bender. I got you for two whole months. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's still, it, even even if it is just 10, then that's 50-50, which is shitty for like, because keep in mind, to get to the point where you don't even have a penalty on any roll you're making with a skill you're called to make a roll on, you have to be at the third rank of proficiency. Uh, uh, technically fourth, because you start novice. And, well, no, you have to be at the third, third, because it's untrained novice certified is plus zero. Okay, certified plus zero. So the third rank of a thing. Yeah. So if you are a certified or professional or professional. Certified. Uh, certified is a second rank. It goes, nope. it goes zero CP. It, you know, yeah, N-C-P. You, <laughs> uncer- untrained, minus eight. Ah. Novice, minus four, okay, certified, sorry, I zero. Didn't I didn't even know there was a U rank. Yes. I thought everyone counted as novices and everything. No. But anyway, okay, fine. Third rank and an average difficulty, 50-50 chance. Yes. And you're not going to have a third rank in almost anything that you start out in because of the shitty chance to learn stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, given the numbers you have, maybe a fourth of your skills will be at a certified. Now, one thing I do appreciate about this game is that there are stat uh, mod as you can get so technically if, if you're forced to use like your strength on a stat on a stat roll and you have a bad strength you might get a minus three to a minus one applied to your side of the roll or sorry to the difficulty of the roll so you have to roll lower uh and, and if you have a super high stat you may get a bonus to that you may get to roll higher but the way it works is anytime you're called on to roll a skill you can go through your list of statistics and pick two that you think are applicable and apply both of those bonuses or penalties as well, the DM assigns. If the GM lets you. If the GM lets you. But that's what's that's the way it's supposed to work. Is like they're like, you need to climb this rope, and you're like, that sounds like strength and agility. I'm good at those. Or you can be like, well, I'll take a lot of time picking the locations. I'll be very observant and use my intelligence for this. <laughs> that kind of thing. I thought that was kind of a neat, kind of fluid. It reminded me a little bit of White Wolf design. But again, you have to have at least like a 14 in the stat for that to matter. So if you're like, I'll use my uh, strength for this. What's your strength? A 12. Then who gives who a shit? Gives, yeah, and it's 15, actually. 15 and 16 get you a plus one. Ugh. And if you want to hear the weirdest thing to me, and I'm still not even fully sure I understand this, and maybe you can help me, uh, it, when you're rolling your stats, your numbers aren't your numbers. Uh, so, for example, if you roll a 17 on your three on your 3d6 roll for intelligence, uh, it's an 18. No. And if you roll a 17, it's for your wits or health, or will or health, it's a 15. No, is this something different? How does this that work? That is then? different. Oh, okay, that's fair. I have no idea. Yeah, this table here, I've I've been unable to figure out what the fuck it means. But there's no, a table for that's, like that's point by system. Ah, okay. It's how sense. many points, points you're you spending to get there. Okay, yes. that makes a lot of sense. All right, sorry, so many charts. Been a there's while. There's a lot of charts. Yeah. Uh, now, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, the so in addition to the three d six roll under system, because. There needs to be more stuff you can roll. Uh, once you start getting into combat, you will, of course, need to be rolling percentile dice for hit location and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Including all that cover stuff. Yep. Where if you hit the cover, the, the, a body part that's undercovered, and then you hit the cover. The, uh, the nice thing I will say about that is 
if you have uh, someone who is shooting out from cover mm-hmm. and you shoot at them, instead of like a lot of games where they're like, oh, you roll on the generic hit location and if you hit one of the things that's behind cover, you do nothing. Instead, they're like, oh, there's a different chart you roll on. (laughs) There's the uh, guy is fully outside of cover, guy is partially outside of cover, and that way, if you hit, because it already takes cover into account for how hard it is to hit someone, Mm -hmm. so they're like, look, if you already hit, then we already took into account that cover was part of it so you do hit him yeah just roll on this table so you only hit him in like the arms or the head and the table somewhat worse and it's not yeah well no honestly looking at it i was like you'd rather fire at people in cover no like yeah i'm saying if i was uh because there's a bunch of different armor types if you take one of them is just uh i'm wearing clothes and a bulletproof vest right you cannot hit the body on a leaning out from cover. Yeah. So if someone shoots you and hits you while you are taking cover, while you are harder to hit, they will always hit you in the head or the arm. Yep, that's true. And you don't have any coverage there. Whereas, if you are just standing out in the open, then it goes from like, oh yeah, they'll hit your head like 20% of the time to... 3% of the time, they will hit your head. Right. And most of the time, they will hit you in the body where you have really good coverage. Right. But does this balance out by how much easier it is to hit someone out of cover than in cover? <sighs> Depends on what weapon someone is using because... <laughs> Thank God! Uh, because every weapon has different columns mm-hmm. for the number you need to hit on a glancing chart to see how much damage you could do. Right. So, God, I hate this. Instead of the numbers going up, yeah, uh, good numbers go down. Yes. Now, if I'm wearing clothes, mm-hmm. I have a plus 25 to the result if someone hits me. Right. Added onto that is a roll of a D, well, technically nine, because it's zero to nine. Right. Okay. You roll that, add in whatever their armor is. Mm-hmm. And then you check what weapon you are using versus what its number is. So let's say (laughs) I have a medium pistol. Okay. I need to hit an 18 to a 20 in order to do light damage. Okay. Which means even with a, you know, a roll of a zero on the D10, if I get nothing extra, if I hit you in clothes, I'm going to do the max I can do with it because it's 18 to 20 or 21 plus. Right. So if you get hit somewhere where you don't have any coverage, you're going to get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. You don't really want to get shot where you don't have coverage. Yeah. Which means generally you'd want to stand out with your bulletproof vest where it can take a hit because a bulletproof vest is a zero. So if someone shoots you with a medium pistol and you roll a nine Mm -hmm. on that, it does nothing. It doesn't matter. Okay. So it's it's just <laughs> weird to me. Yes, it's very weird. Um it, the game the game itself is very weird. The whole thing with the team where you have to make routine leadership roles when you're doing cuz one thing about this game is that it it's done with variable time scale based on what you're trying to accomplish. So uh you, I did at least like that portion of it. Yeah, I mean to me the game kind of has the feel where at least for the early chapter, because later it just gets bogged down into a slog of combat and vehicle automatic weapon Oh, yeah, fire all holes. of the charts that I mentioned, yeah. those are like 
a sliver of the chart nonsense that goes on. Yeah, the back half of the book is just an endless parade of charts that you can roll on for combat that looks like it would take forever and not be any fun. The early part of the book, each chapter feels like a whole new game. Uh, it uses some of the same parts, but it feels like they keep making up new games. Because it's like, okay, this is a role-playing game. You're going to pretend to be like a research scientist with a team of research scientists researching what happened in VR to create this kind of new world order where Job is controlling a lot of the financial systems and so on. Um, but, how, okay, well, what what does gameplay look like? Well, what you're going to want to do is create a big custom chart of things that the players might discover in four-hour research blocks all over town with various skills that they might wish to roll to do to see if they can do that. Yeah, the game breaks things down into, like, there are research portions, flashpoints, mm -hmm. encounters. Yes, and all of these various things where each of them have their own charts of things you might be able to find or do. I love how many of the encounters and flashpoints are non-interactive. They feel very board gamey. Where like you can you can run around gathering information the way you would like to. You can say like, well, I would like to research the local, I don't know, newspaper archives to see if there was ever a birth record for the name of the guy we're trying to track down in the in the cyberware verse right in town. You can do that kind of thing where you you know you roll history check or something. Um you you can kind of pick and choose. The encounters and flashpoints oftentimes are things like a member of your team was kidnapped. You have eight hours until they get tortured <laughs> to death or give something up. Yeah. You're like, um, wouldn't I be able to control that in some way by like staying near them or. Yeah, I I don't think you understand. Uh, my team, we were all together. What yeah. happened there? What, what, what's like, oh, someone showed up and grabbed him and you weren't able to do anything. Yeah. Oh, well, all right. That's a weird event to have happen in a game. Uh <laughs> There's also a lot of flashpoints that are like people will show up, but the the game isn't advanced enough in the time scale yet for them to like try and kill you. So you're like a bunch of cyber cultists show up and they make fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> like, what happens? Some guys from the shop appear and they're like, hey, you suck. And then they like shove you and leave <laughs> because it'll be like, well, it depends on what point of the adventure you're in. Yeah, technically, you're going to need to fight those cultists of Job at some point, but right now they're not aggressive to you. They're just following a different agenda, and they don't even know who you are. But you may just run into them onto the street, in which case they will be weirdos, and so they will make fun of you. <laughs> One of the weird things is this game also has a system for reputation. Yes, yeah, so I was about to get into that, yeah. So there's a lot of things where it's like, oh, if you did happen to meet some government agents on the street and people saw you harassing them then you would lose reputation because everyone was like hey why are those assholes being mean to these guys yes or if you like find a celebrity somewhere and you embarrass yourself in front of them you lose reputation <laughs> like if i go pull my pants down in front of paul rudd all of a sudden i get minus eight <laughs> reputation <laughs> Oh, Jennifer Lopez caught me trying to turn in a scratcher that didn't have a win on it. Oh, no. <laughs> now she's going to tell her friends. <laughs> That's going to be front page news. <laughs> oh, no. Someone someone linked my tweet where I said I'd rather have dinner with uh, Kanye West than $250,000 to Kanye West. <laughs> oh, I'm losing all my reputation. <laughs> and he responded with, take the 250000 That's stupid. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and that can lead to things like members of your team resigning in disgust. Yeah. If you if you do anything shameful, if you fail a skill hard enough, oh, yeah. a member of your team will be like, ah, fuck you and fuck this, and they'll just leave. Yeah, if you fail 
so bad, you're like, oh, I was like 10 away from even hitting what would be a success. Yeah. Then at that point, they're like, all right, you suck. I'm out. You're you're full on incompetent and I want none of this. (laughs) All right. Well, this is a clown show. I'm out. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, you by definition have worse stats and skills than me maybe <laughs> yeah it's true i mean granted if you happen to roll one of your uh supporting characters and they come out way better than you you should probably play as that character yeah the the weird thing with the supporting characters is if you do the building method you have automatically just six less points to build with yep instead of but 54 if, you start with 48 but if you do the random it's the same shit you yeah. just still random roll so you can be like all right i made my primary character they're kind of balls Here's my secondary character. I randomly rolled real good for them, and they're way better than me. Why are they subordinate? Yeah. The only other thing is you don't get those, like, professional slash expert or certified slash professional options. Yeah, you end up, you start with all base skills. Yeah. So you can't just jump the queue at all. Yeah, but they can end up with way better. Even in the build mode, that 46 is easily able to swing more than six points in one direction or another. Oh yeah. So it's not it would not outside the realm of possibility for your uh, your three henchmen to start with better stats than you. Yes indeed. <laughs> uh but yeah, they can they can resign or they can get shot or disappeared or kidnapped. Uh if they do, you have to wait until you hit certain reputation milestones for them to like show up and restock themselves into your squad again. Yeah, you get again. a new dude. You get a new dude who's just like, "Hey, I'm up to speed. Carry on." I'm your new guy. I'm your new guy. I'm I don't know, Jonesy. And uh, you know what? Are you, what are we doing? Are we researching? I'm a cat. I'm Jonesy the cat. <laughs> I'm Jonesy the cat. Are we? Uh, are we searching libraries, or am I getting disgusted with you? Which one are we doing today? You're getting disgusted with how I search a library. <laughs> so noisy. Dick first. <laughs> That's how I search a library. <laughs> I've got one of them dowsing rod ding ding dongs. <laughs> uh, I've got the Dewey Decimal Ding Dong. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the quadruple D. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We talked about combat. That's trash. Uh, health. We got. We got. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh Jesus. <laughs> okay. This game doesn't have health points. It has a knockout value. Yes. And the knockout value is, I believe, a percentile die roll that it you is make. based on mm-hmm. your a cross section of your highest combat skill rating. Yes. And your will, mm-hmm. and you find the chart for that. And, you know, maybe you'll be somewhere where you're like, oh, I don't really have it very high. I'm a scientist. Why would I have a super high combat rating? I mean, the thing is, if you're a scientist, you have no skill slots in any of the combat. So you are untrained, which means you probably have, at best, a knockout value of four. Mm -hmm. Notice, (laughs) many guns will do upwards of a hundred or a thousand damage. (laughs) So if you get shot with anything, even grazed by a 22, if a, the way the knockout works, if someone were to come up to you and punch you, Mm -hmm. you would almost, you'd have like a 25% chance of just going, "Ah!" (laughs) and just collapsing meekly onto the ground. However, even just a novice sort of, uh, skill in something will like bump you up to a 24. Mm -hmm. So... It just gives you such a huge bump between untrained and novice that, like, the first thing you do in any game, if you were playing someone who didn't have any combat skills, is to immediately immediately just be like, uh, I spend the beginning of the game going to a gun range and I just shoot and yeah. let me know when I get a 
skill roll. This game doesn't really have XP per se. Instead, it's trying to do a kind of realistic thing where it's like, hey, if you go to class or some crap, you can make skill rolls all the time. There's nothing stopping you from mastering every skill in this game beyond time and effort and, and, <laughs> the and random fact that chance. you never will. Yeah. <laughs> time and random chance are the only obstacles. Yeah. So, you know, they have different time frames. Like, if you are going to class, then it ends up being like you have to take pretty much an entire like couple months worth of class to get it. Mm -hmm. But if you do like on the job training, like, Oh, I'm in a firefight in, you know, uh, my first day, then maybe I'll get a job training learning chance from that for yeah. guns. Or of course you can try and do VR, but <laughs> VR is just one chapter of this lawnmower man role-playing game. Well, the other problem being Every time you try and do a VR thing, if you don't have any VR skills, you're probably going to come out of it and be insane. Yes. To the end of your days, you will have a psychotic <laughs> break and just be like, well, that was me. Even if you just go in there for fun. This game's like, yeah, VR is fucking terrifying. It's basically digital hell. <laughs> yeah. The VR space is called the VR vortex. Mm -hmm. And if you are in the vortex and you try and do anything that isn't just like i look at the files in the computer i am hooked up to yes if you're like i try to connect to a different computer or i god forbid try to like fight someone in vr space oh baby you're gonna either get just absolutely brain wrecked mm -hmm. and come out of it psychotic or you'll be like oh uh, a guy poked me and i fell out of vr because my knockout value in VR is untrained because of course it is. So I have a knockout value in VR of three. <laughs> now you may be wondering, uh, the story of the movie featured Joe being given non-aggressive learning drugs for quite a while until he started to develop like psychic talents and realized he was moving too quickly. And then he was forcibly uh, given combat drugs instead they were tricked onto him by tims and and uh you know uh, the big bad guy the director the director it, which made him both more significantly psychotic but also much more aggressive and much more dangerous mm -hmm. uh you, this is represented in the game by the types of npc enemies that you may be forced to fight uh including the aggression soldier which is like the most dangerous soldier there is and the slightly less dangerous oh just pump them full of the red juice and see what happens psycho soldier Ah, the psycho soldier. Because they are they have gone full psycho. Yep. They have a complete break, and so they just anytime they do anything, they have to make a roll to see if they lose it. Yeah. And if they lose it, they just try and kill everyone around them until they fall unconscious. Yeah, which is why they definitely get sent out into the field on missions. Constantly. Uh <laughs> it's very silly. But also the fact that that's supposed to be what Job was is a little telling because Job's whole deal was like, even in the very end, he was like, no, you must save that boy I like. Instead of like, I'll kill everything. Well, it's because he, he, you know, made his role. He made a role, yes. Uh, but why don't we talk really briefly before we get into the wrap-ups about what the world of the Lawnmower Man role-playing game is. Well, it's Earth, but not the Earth you might be familiar with. <laughs> well, basically... What is a role-playing game? <laughs> it's a fun tickle. Uh, it's a it's a friendly game, but not like a board game. <laughs> it's an imagination game. And it's or it's like a board game, but you control all the pieces. You're the board. Take your pick. 
and your friend is going to move some figurines around your body, your hot, naked body. <laughs> that is a different role-playing game from the ones I have usually played. Well, mm. let Not me entirely. show you my secret role-play dungeon. <laughs> uh, my safe word is half-orc. <laughs> the, the world is post-Lawnmower Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but post, like, the stuff, the, specifically the exact stuff that happens at the end of Lawnmower Man. Yes. So, Cyber Job has escaped into the the data net, because mm-hmm. it's 1993 and they have yet to decide on a name for what the internet is. Yes, and his goal is to become a techno-messiah and con- convert everybody into the glorious VR future. Now, he has taken over a lot of, like financial things and he's fucked up a lot of computers but governments and institutions realized he was doing this and just immediately pl- unplugged their shit from the net yes yeah, so most computers now at, at existing financial governmental military installations and so on are uh, entirely non-networked yeah so we in the world of the lawnmower man rpg it basically just set things back to Mm pre-internet for a lot of transactional things. Yes. Now, the computers are nicer, because you can still go into virtual reality on these computers. It's just that it's local virtual reality. It's more more video gamey unless visit every computer in the universe on the internet. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, you still have day-to-day life where, like, yeah, your average person doesn't know or give a shit that CyberJob exists. Which I find hilarious. And has an internet computer. Yeah. It's not like governments put out a warning. They're like, hey, don't go on the internet. There's a weird cyber murder man in there. They mm-hmm. were just like, let's quietly unplug our computers. And also all the bank computers. And also all the military and police and government computers. And you know what? I don't think anyone will notice. I'm pretty... And also... Once we shut down online banking, no one will notice. Well, this is the whole thing with, like, conspiracy theories, right? When people are like, oh, yeah, Sandy Hook was completely a conspiracy. It was uh, 5,000 actors put it all on. And I'm like, you know how you can tell that isn't real? Because 5,000 people can't shut the fuck up. (laughs) True facts. If if 5,000 people do something, 4,999 of them will tell someone about it, and the last one died that day. (laughs) Uh, That's how you can. But here we see one where it's like uh, the military at every computer in the government and every post office computer, every bank computer, every ATM in the world. They're all offline entirely. Uh, And and we had to disseminate that through the millions of employees of those of those. Well, it's not even that they're like, oh, nobody knows that Cyber Job exists. The book is like, nobody cares. I know that's your average. No one gives a shit. Your average person going about their daily life is like. Yeah, yeah, sometimes when I get online to go look at some boobies, some guy shows up and he's like, I'm the cyber messiah. And I'm like, get out of the way. I'm trying to look at some tits here. And that's about it. I love that the best that Cyber Job could come up with is to be like a task bar now. He's, 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 he's that fucking purple chimp. That's his bonsai buddy is Job. Job is basically a pop-up ad that exists now where you're online and he's like, have you ever thought about winning big at cyber games and you're like no (laughs) click the evil government conspiracy man to unlock free prizes also to refinance your home (laughs) would you like a bigger penis where would you like it how about an escrow (laughs) do you support george w bush click here to give your opinion (sighs) ah it's some garbage and i guess this would be in the mid-90s so it'd be clinton yes (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I mean, or I, I guess you could have it be regular Bush and not W. Yeah, I know, but I, uh, that's probably because thing is, it's supposed to be set shortly after. Yeah, shortly after the nineteen. It's probably around nineteen ninety five, nineteen ninety six. So it could be both of those. P- take your pick, one of those two presidents. <laughs> take your pick of whatever president. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so in that universe, Cyber Job, knowing that he can't get into the major military hardwire systems, he would have needed to like enforce a takeover of the world is instead trying to win by recruiting an army of brainwashed cultists. Yeah. And he is using his, he gets as many VR scientists as he can. Cause in, anytime anyone goes into VR, they're just his toys. Now, if he wants them to be like, you can go into VR and potentially accomplish things. Cause he's still just one guy. Oh yeah. Like you can go into a non-connected VR, regular VR, do some training programs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you can do the VR connected to the internet thing, and, you know, probably you're fine. Yeah. But if CyberJob happens to find you, he's like, hey, buddy, you're mine. Yeah. So he has an army of VR researchers and instructors, uh, plus just a bunch of random chuds that he pulls up off the street. Well, anyone who believes in the mm-hmm. thing where he's like, oh, yeah, VR is the future, and this guy's definitely my messiah now and yeah. he tries to get like people that are in positions of power already yes so he's like oh i want to get someone that's like in government to be my dude so that you know he'll go plug that ethernet cable <laughs> in for me well it's funny they never mentioned that that should be his ultimate goal that it, it, mostly his goal seems to just be rabble rouse and cause trouble but you think his big goal would be like, yeah, just get some Cat5 and go connect the Pentagon back up for me, would you? <laughs> Somebody go put a fucking Wi-Fi router over at the Pentagon, would you? You know those free AOL CDs? That's all me, baby. <laughs> I'm just spitting these out. I'm going to get them at some point with one of these free AOL. There's got to be a, some number of hours I can offer. The- one guy at the Pentagon is going to be like, 10,000 free hours. Well, I got to try. And as soon as he does, baby, it's mine. You ever see one of those ones that offered uh, more hours? And it was like one month of free AOL or this many hours. And it was like, that's more hours than there are in a month. Yeah. They only lasted for like a week before someone realized they just made two month free uh, ones instead. But there were a few out there that were like, we offer 6,000 hours this month of free AOL. And you're like, dude. (laughs) <laughs> I, you can't that there's, is not there's like a little less than 700 hours most months come on man don't do this <laughs> you're making yourself a fool <laughs> you have played yourself <laughs> so anyway um that's that's his goal what are you doing well it depends very largely on that random role you make to see which one of your jobs you are yeah because you might you're... be fighting dudes, you might be researching things, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, that's the point of the supporting characters. It's supposed to be like, if I rolled a military guy, I can still have like a VR scientist as a supporting character mm-hmm. so that I can still do stuff. Yeah, that's not necessarily what the game recommends. It usually is like your team is your colleagues. So if you're a military guy, it makes more sense if your colleagues are like your military subordinates or something. Uh, but you can do it that way. You can be like, everyone's trying to, every player in the group is trying to cover every base. Or you're like, I'm a military man, so I've got three military men. And then the next guy's like, I'm a scientist, so I've got a team of nerds. <laughs> Not even other scientists, just nerds. Nerds, regular nerds. It's still the 90s. I have got three boxes of nerds. And it's still mm, the delicious. 90s, so we're allowed to use sexy mascots. <laughs> this one's grape. <laughs> Look at the tits on grape. <laughs> really makes you question some things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Glavin. Uh, but yeah, the the book does, as John mentioned very early in the episode, the book does mention that like, obviously if you're running with four players and everyone's 
got a whole different thing that they're like, I'm a private investigator. I'm military. I'm police. It's going to be hard to do an adventure that makes any fucking sense, especially when not only do they not really need to interact with each other to accomplish their goals, but they especially don't need to interact with each other if they have a team of competent NPC helpers that can just help them accomplish whatever their own dumb goal is. Yeah. Thankfully, no one is competent in this game. Yeah. So. <laughs> So you can instead play like, okay, no one has a team. There's just four players and they are the team. Yes. Um, and you just go, you got assembled by fill in the blank yeah. to go figure out what's going on. I mean, obviously you don't want to play that way if you want to use the regular adventure that's printed in this book because it's set for having a team of like 12 people. Yeah. And <laughs> you kind of wonder what happens when you hit those flashpoint rolls. It is like someone is killed or kidnapped on your team when you're playing without a team of NPCs. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess you just skip it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just skip it. Yeah. And the very best thing of all is that there's a counter on that ball. <laughs> all these nuts. <laughs> Got him. Uh, all right. So uh, you want to get into your favorites and least favorites? Because, I mean, we could probably keep talking, but no, but we've been talking for a while. Yeah, I think we're good. So uh, what's your favorite thing about Lawnmower Man, the role playing game? Uh, the virtual reality role-playing game. The virtual reality role-playing game. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think probably the best thing in there... I, I, I want to say probably it's the team yes. idea. Yeah, that, yeah. Because at that point, you're like, well, if because you have to randomly roll what your background is, if it so happens that like, oh, all of us rolled military, we have no science guys... You can be like, oh, I'll just have a team of science guys. These are my science nerds. <laughs> They're military science nerds, yeah, and I have... bring them with me. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I've got my three nerds who come with me. Yeah, it's just me and the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Someone please kidnap them. Someone please murder and kidnap these three. They will not stop with the sexual harassment. <laughs> And you know where it's, the I go. it's the 90s and it's the military, so that shit flies a lot farther than you'd think. But still, even now, even for then, this is bad. <laughs> it's bad even for the early 90s. <laughs> and that's how you know it's I bad. I keep being like, we have to research Cyber Job. And they're like, yes, sir, upskirt radio-controlled cars. Damn it, nerds. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> yes, sir, we bugged the women's dorm. <laughs> oh, now you're revenge of the nerds. <laughs> Wait, have nerds been bad throughout all of history? Wait a minute, are nerds just the real bullies? <laughs> Is it just another fancy word for pervert? Yes. Damn it. Uh, but yeah, it's nice that you can create a team. They do have a giant list of pre-generated mm -hmm. support characters. So if you don't want to go through, because making a supporting character is Literally the same as making a regular character. If you don't want to make a character four times in a row, you can be like, all right, I'll just pick some of these dudes in the back. <laughs> some of these guys. I, I, I grabbed like three guys. It's fine. Yeah, I just went to the back, found three guys, and I was like, good. So your favorite thing about the game is the team system. Yes, I like that. It's a nice idea. Okay. What is yours? I mean, I'm probably going to go with the VR training systems, mm -hmm. just because at least it kind of resembles something that was present in the film. Yep. Uh, which is what I was really looking for with this licensed game that's got art from the movie in every page and the cover is the same as the cover of the DVD box. I was kind of hoping for some of the movie to be present here. Well, the problem with the movie is... <laughs> oh, gee, the what is the problem man. with the movie? <laughs> no, the problem being that if you put in exactly what was in there, it'd be like, wait, do I have access to what was in the movie? I immediately also become Cyber Job. <laughs> That guy had the right idea. Look, I want to become a cowboy, and I want to turn this place into a ranch. It's just one of those things where the book has, like, 
psychic powers that you can get. That's right. They are in there. God, we can even mention that. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to, you can create a psychic vortex so that you can treat the real world like virtual reality. Yeah, that's their way of explaining away the parts of the, the, the comeuppance phase of the uh, the film where he, like he'll be create a psychic vortex and then use his power to set the priest on digital fire. Yeah, he's like, when I disintegrate a dude by turning him into weird virtual balls, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, he had a psychic vortex, whatever. And brother, when I disintegrate a dude by turning him into weird virtual balls, I disintegrate a dude by turning him <laughs> into weird virtual balls. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the, virtual, the, the uh, VR training programs because, again, I wanted to see a little bit more of the stuff from the film or the themes of the film in any way present here mm-hmm. and the fact that the very first thing you encounter in the game is the opposite of the film yeah where the smarter that where the uh, smarter you are the more likely you are to be able to do any of this yep um it was nice to see something like that in there what would you say is your least favorite thing Ooh, baby it's there's so many awful things in here so many charts but it's the combat chart for me yeah where it's like Ah, did you roll a glancing blow with your gun? Mm -hmm. It did one damage. Okay, what if I barely got above glancing? You did 7,000 damage. I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) How how do you do that? I mean, I like that they at least put all the charts in the back so you don't have to go hunting for them. But you look at it and you're just like, okay, uh, I shoot you in the head for a glancing wound seven points or if i hit you in the forehead it's 2000 you have a critical wound okie dokie well 2000 is enough to kill everybody it'll completely obliterate every single person's possible knockout roll value uh the i shoot you in the shoulder was it a minor roll ah 21 damage was it even slightly higher than that 500 (laughs) why yeah, I think by extension, the knockout roll is also a really bad thing uh, because it's so low and it so forces you into taking a combat roll class. Well, yeah, you're like, even if you are a combat guy and you're like, yo, I got like a knockout value of 60. OK, great. Anything that it hits doesn't you. matter still. <laughs> yeah. Unless you get glanced, nothing is going to matter. Also, why does this game have armor systems? I mean, why do we even do? I mean, I get it again. We're moving into the future beyond the movie, but no one in the movie wore bulletproof vests. No, but no you one know. in the movie even got shot, except for that one dude who got shot very towards the very end when Terry got shot. Yeah, um, it, it, it's just so weird. Uh, I'm gonna while I took the virtual reality training programs is one of my favorite things in this. I'm gonna take the fact that VR itself is contained to a single chapter of a, like a twelve chapter book, and that it's just horseshit to actually in, in, interact with is my least favorite thing. It's called the fucking virtual reality role-playing game, and it strongly discourages you from going anywhere near virtual reality. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it should be the it should be taking the very first opportunity to thrust you in there so you can play around in the weird VR space and get into crazy descriptions. There's even a section at the start of that VR chapter where it's like, hey, VR can look like anything you want. If you want to look like medieval knights versus dinosaurs, that's fine. I'm like, you wouldn't because there's only three things to do. Uh, In the virtual space, there's only three things to do. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Digital styles. <laughs> you can look up fucking websites, you, or like you can look through files that other computers have. You can train on yourself, or you can attempt to hack other people. Yep. That's it. So getting into a, a, a fight is like, you know, I try to hack you. I try to hack you. That's all it is. 
Yeah, I mean, there's an entirely different combat system yes. for VR. That was a big part of what my complaint from earlier was that it felt like every chapter in the early going was just like, here's a whole new book. Here's the information gathering, the role-playing game. Here's information gathering, acting upon, the role-playing game. Hmm. Here's virtual reality, the role-playing game. Don't do it. You'll die. Yeah, not really, a, as I mentioned before, an elegance of system design, because nothing is really compatible with everything else. Yeah, nothing uses the same tools. It doesn't have a unified engine to it. Yeah, there's no unified idea behind it, what you're going to do. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the virtual reality chapter is my least favorite just because, like, it feels very much like a don't do this and not like a highlight. It's kind of like how the compl- the most common complaint you hear about Dungeons and Dragons, which is very few players ever actually end up fighting a dragon. Yeah. They're just too high level and no one gets to them. It's the same thing here where you are never going to be good enough to bother virtual re- reality-ing. Yeah, well. There you go. Shame. Would you play this? No. It's terrible and I hate it. <laughs> it's the worst? No. Okay. What about you? No, of course not. I don't like games. Th- I mean... Just the other day, I was I was hanging out with some friends playing Shadowrun, and because of who of what I do nowadays, that one of them kept apologizing. He was just like, "Hey, I know you like a lot of like story games, and you don't like super crunchy stuff, so I'm really sorry." And I was like, "Dude, Shadowrun's fine. It's, also, I mean, it's crunchy and bad. And you're playing second edition, so but still, it's fine." Now you, that <laughs> you mention it, though, yes, this does have also the Shadowrun problem of mm, yeah. if you're the VR scientist guy and you have VR skills, and you're like, "I want to go in VR." No one else has those. So you end up with the Decker problem with virtual reality in this. Yeah. But no, this is this is in that beyond the pale level of stupid crunch and memorization necessary that I would never touch. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's got nothing to do with its source material. So bothers me. Oh, it's so, got plenty to do with its source material. <laughs> I guess. Like in like on and paper. And that it is a sequel to it. Yeah. <laughs> but a sequel in a way that like a shitty sequel. But you'd be like, oh, right. The oh, fir- you mean a sequel. The first movie was about this one thing. This movie takes that name, and it's about something else entirely. Yeah, no, it's about the next step of it. Mm-hmm. Job already became Cyber Job, yeah. and he took over a lot of systems, and now we're going to the next part. I suppose, but I feel like if I wanted to play through that, I'd want to make a game about people who actually venture into virtual reality and try and fight him on his own ground, because it's the virtual reality role-playing game. It says that right there on the cover, but it isn't. It's the cop simulator role-playing game where you play as groups of cops and you fight cultists. That's fine. That bothers me. That's fine. Okay, great. So no, I wouldn't play it. You can be bothered. All right, I'm a little bothered. All right. Okay. I'm going to calm down now. All right. Okay. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode. (laughs) This has been an episode. This this has been a happening. This is the happening. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more, we are going to make characters, and we are going to discuss the process of making characters in greater detail right over there at that there, patreon.com slash system mastery. Yes, indeed. There's gold on that website. Give us a dollar, we'll give you some shitty characters. That's what we say here we have all about, the time. There's something like 508 instances of bonus content available at this point, counting all the various types of bonus content that we've generated. So if you want to access a treasure trove of additional content to listen to when you're stuck at the office or on the uh, on the treadmill or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, did someone make you go back into a physical office, mm-hmm. but it's like you in one room and no one else is there? Hey, you could listen to us yeah. out loud, swearing. We'll help we you. We could say poop and fuck. <laughs> that's Two the, equal swear words. Also, that's the last name of my char- my bonus character. Poop and fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Otto von Poop and fuck. That's, the, that's my guy. 
<sighs> I'm just, well, I gotta go change some things. Hold on, I gotta. But that's the one dollar level will get you access to the system mastery bonus content. The two dollar level gets you the Star Wars stuff. The five dollar level gets you everything, the afterthought and the uh, TV, TV mastery. mastery. So many extra bonus podcasts right out there just for you. Available right now. Why not go support us? Patreon.com slash system mastery. Or just leave us a nice review somewhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Like, I don't care. These guys are nice. Yeah. Write about us on a bathroom. Go to Yelp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put on the Wendy's Yelp review that we were real good at podcasting. That'll be real helpful. Thank you. So, uh, you know, thanks for doing that. You're all the best. And we'll see you again real soon with yet more exciting system mastery content. Until then, you all have a really good one. Good night. Good night.